Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, the Vice President of Site Engagement with the Society. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share exciting achievements, and learn about our community. In this installment, we're going to have Vivian Vandewal, the founder and medical director of PTNR, a site in the Netherlands, talk to us about the state of holdback or withhold payments. Let's take a moment to meet Vivian. Vivian, if you wouldn't mind a debrief introduction from you. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me uh, and to be part of this series. Um, as Jimmy said, my name is Vivian Vanderwal. I'm a physician by training. I've done clinical research for almost 25 years. I started my career actually as a participant in a clinical research project. And um, eventually I founded my own research site in the Netherlands and I've been a consultant on the site for vendors, pharma, uh, CROs, and uh, I love to share my experience with anybody that's willing to listen. Well, Vivian, you've been a long standing supporter and strong voice for SCRS and the SCRS community. So thank you for being here today to talk to us about holdback payments. So Vivian, what are, we'll start general here. What are your thoughts on holdback payments and why are they still something, still practiced by sponsors, still something that they use? To answer that last question, I have no idea. There is no justification to have them in my opinion. And when I, I started a discussion with the sponsor Zero on the holdback fee, um, I, I always make the comparison. Is that how you do your grocery shopping as well? That you go to the supermarket, buy all your stuff uh, and say, I'm only paying 90% and I'll come back when I've finished everything and I, I enjoyed it, I liked it. And then I'll come back to pay the final 10%. Um, basically, Nobody will accept that, but you're asking me to do the same thing. Well, I have to pay 100% to my staff. I have to pay 100% to my electricity supplier, uh, to my internet supplier, to anybody else. We are delivering a service, and there's no reason for you not to pay me fully like nobody else is doing in any other business. Yeah, I, I know that that is a sentiment that's shared by many other, if not all sites, that at least know that it's not something that they have to necessarily accept on their trial. So uh, it is an interesting paradigm that seems to exist in few other places outside of research. But SCRS, as a result of COVID shutdown, acted on behalf of sites to immediately request the release of holdback payment money to provide sites that little boost of income to hopefully keep them afloat. Did you benefit from this? Or if even if you didn't, is that something that you see as being beneficial to sites and, and in what way? Um, and, and this is a challenging question for me because for me, it was actually counterproductive to have that done uh, because of the system that was in place at the time in the Netherlands. I could get some um, a temporary loan from the government or a delay in my tax payments if I could show that I was not making more money compared to the same period the year before. So if the sponsors were paying me my holdback fee, I was actually getting money in and I would not be allowed to have uh, those little benefits that they were offering. But I know for a lot of sites, for instance, in the U.S., it definitely helped them to go through that, through that period of the pandemic, which was very challenging. 
one of the the challenges I have with the holdback fee is that when I, you know, every five years or so, the tax office comes in for their their audits that they do on a periodic base. They were looking at my contracts and they looked at the invoices and they saw I was only invoicing 85 or 90 percent. Um, I was actually in breach with the local tax regulation. They say you have to invoice them 100%. You have to pay taxes over the full 100%. And the fact that they don't pay you until like one, two, three, whatever years down the line is not our issue. So we were paying upfront all the taxes on payments that were being withheld. And it's something I gave back to sponsors and they weren't really, well, they weren't aware of it at all. And I found that to be a very helpful um, point in my negotiations. Very interesting. I wonder if that is something that occurs to sites in other countries as well. Um, I couldn't tell you as to whether or not that's something that happens in the United States, but um, it, it is very interesting. And like you said, hopefully is a effective justification for um, not accepting any withhold um, because it, it does counterdict your ability to be sustainable long term. True. And I know where you know we 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 do know where this holdback fee came from. That was a time when we were dealing with um, we were living in the paper century. Let me put it that way. And we had paper CRFs that we had to hand in. And this was sort of the security blanket from sponsors that you were actually um, delivering, especially towards the end of the trial, in a timely manner, everything that you should be uh, providing them, whether there was CRF pages or certain logs or, or whatever you had to do. And of course, because this was on paper, there were delays and you had to ship them or a monitor had to come and collect them. But right now, um, everything is real time. We enter in the data real time, you know, within most of the time, within 24 hours uh, into our um, EDC. Um, if, if there's a delay in that or if there's an issue with the patient, it's all it's all retimed there so they can have a look at it. So they shouldn't be afraid of any delays happening because they're right on top of us. And it's even in the contract that we have to enter data within whatever, you know, one or two, three day timeframes. And I'm not making myself popular perhaps with this comment when, <laughs> they, when they say, um, yeah, but there are sites that we really need to push to get that done. And that's why we have to hold back fees. So why am I being punished? For you selecting sites that don't deliver in time, either, you know, have a holdback fee in their contract or don't work with these sites, but don't make this a general rule for all sites that are just doing a great job and are delivering within the time frame that we agreed upon. Right. It's not my problem that the other sites are uh, not doing what they're supposed to do or fulfilling their commitment. So I I, I understand that. But uh, yeah, Vivian, I want to go a little bit back to what we started to talk about around policies, right? And 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 justifications here. Well, a lot of sites are trying to produce these or have produced policies or standard operating procedures, SOPs, that justify not holding back a percentage of payments. So have you it sounds like you have if uh, slight have had good success, if not complete success, just centered around the fact that it affects your governmental commitments financially. Mm -hmm. But what about um, otherwise? Have you had success with justification policies or SOPs around holdbacks? 
Yes. Uh, one of the things we've developed over the years is what I call my site leaflet. It has all the standard information on my site, like, you know, the equipment that we have, um, the, the name of our staff, how to communicate with us, all these things. Um, and also that we, you know, it's literally in there. Um, we don't accept retention fees. And I share this document during feasibility and site selection. And so when I'm then selected as a site, they are aware of the fact that this is our policy because it's in my site leaflet. All the other things that they want to know is in there as well. And this is also in there. So most of the time, and I think all sites can relate to that, you would just get a standard budget with the standard terms uh, forwarded to you to start that negotiation. And I immediately push it back again with forwarding that leaflet saying like, this was shared with you during feasibility and site selection. And it's my assumption that when you select me as a site and you've not raised any issues on any issues on that leaflet, you accept my terms. Nine out of 10, I uh, they agree with me and they will draw back the retention fee out of the, of the contract. For that final, well, 10 to 20%, I bring up the tax office or the comparison with the grocery shopping. Um, and I have to say, I don't think over the past four years, I have not had any contracts anymore with any retention fee in there. That's excellent. And I think a really great best practice potentially for sites. I like that idea of that leaflet or, or brochure, right? Hey, this is this is my site. These are our policies, you know, common ones. Right, um, like, like hold back, and this is what we will do and what we will accept. So I think that's an excellent um, takeaway for the site listeners on the line um, for sure, as as a practice to employ. Um, you alluded to it, right, Vivian, and and so you know, let's kind of continue to talk about it a little bit as as a practice that you've employed there. But where else can other sites find success and compromise here? Um, to begin to phase this practice out? I mean, the answer might be plain, right? Just do what you need to do and uh, from a site perspective and sponsors stop holding back. But uh, any any thoughts or advice there? Well, let me put, start with a positive thing. More and more sponsors in zero are deviating from the standard clausal. Um, and um, they, they've listened to the SCRS and, you know, we, we know of some of them have, that really worked on it and, um, taking that out of, of their contracts towards the size. One of the things that happened, and I think this was about five years ago, where a, sponsor, where a CRO said, but it's mandatory by the sponsor to have that in the contract. Um, and there was, you know, it was a take it or leave it situation. I either take it or not. And they say, this is non-negotiable by, uh, by the sponsor. And then the, the person that was doing the contract negotiation, he said, actually, I do have some space in my budget with you. I could raise your visit fee with up to like 15%, meaning that your costs are covered. Um, your 15% retention fee is actually not, um, is actually your bonus at the end somehow. Do you understand what I mean? So I would get my full visit price that I had actually calculated for my budget, but as he had still some space in his budget to add another 15%, which he could then justify to the sponsor as being the retention fee, I was still getting my costs covered at the time I was doing the visits. And at the end of the trial, when I was getting my retention fee, it was actually the extra money that I was getting. Still didn't tackle the 
tax issue that we had. But I thought it was a creative thought from the from the guy that was doing the contract negotiation to look at it that way, saying like, I'm I'm making sure that your costs are covered when you're doing it. And anything beyond that, you know, where I can look at, I'm, I'm trying to facilitate and help you with that. That's excellent, Vivian. And I think, um, right, the, the key takeaway message there for our sponsor and CRO partners is be creative in your solutions to eliminating this for sites. Um, there's no reason for it. Um, and if you can find ways to eliminate it or, or get creative with um, what that needs to be, then I think we can all find success there. I think that's a great example of a compromise. Um, and so what about the sites? What advice do you have for sites looking to eliminate or reduce their holdback payments? We, we spoke of a good example, right? Um, kind of laying it out there, building it into your, your policies and building it into the core structure of your business as you had done with your, your site leaflet. But um, uh, maybe summarize what sites can do to work on making sure that that practice doesn't happen. Communicate, you know, try to understand each other. Why does the sponsor want to have that retention fee? What What is the reasoning behind it? If that is because they are afraid that you will not deliver in time, show them your track record uh, if you've worked with them before. Now, if it's like in my case, it's a tax issue, explain it to them. You know, I'm being punished twice. I'm getting late payments, but I have to pay an extra tax over it as well. So things like this, um, if, if you start, it, I don't want to call it negotiation, but understanding each other, I think you can always find some kind of a conclusion. And the other thing is pointing out that, you know, the SRS is working on its sites are face you know still now we know all know about the 60 percent of sites that are struggling to have enough money for the upcoming three months and you, that sustainability is a joint responsibility both from sites but also from sponsors if you don't pay us for what we're doing you're jeopardizing our sustainability but you still want us to run that one year two year three year trial so make sure that we are sustainable so understanding each other's party uh, and point of view, I think is so crucial. But also, if the budget is not going to work for you, have the guts to step away. If it's not going to cover your cost, in contrary, you know, is it worth to make that investment for perhaps a longer relationship? And what I'm sometimes scared, if I would accept the retention for you right now, because I really want to participate and I don't start that that communication with them. Then the next time to say, but oh, it wasn't an issue on the previous trial. Why is it an issue now? So as soon as I start to work with a new sponsor or a new CRO, I like to have that communication clear. And if it's something that is, you know, something that they won't subside from, and you know, it's gonna be an issue with the budget in total. I'm I'm pretty sure there's going to be another opportunity that will be more beneficial for me that I I do have to cut sometimes to um to cancel it. Yeah, and you know that's a huge risk for sites sometimes like you said Vivian right I know a lot of sites you and I both know that a lot of sites are scared to do that but sometimes as you mentioned for the longevity, sustainability and long-term um, viability of the site it's sometimes in their best interest to look at that big picture, understand where that path will lead in working with that sponsor and how that might set a precedent 
for that relationship long term. And uh, maybe that isn't the best thing for that site and not in their best interest. So I think that's a, a really, really important point. Yeah. I, what I found, especially over the past three years during the pandemic, being honest and explaining the situation where you're at and why you're asking for the extra money or to get the retention fee paid or get the retention fee out of your contract. And if you have the right people and if if you can't do with the person you're negotiating, try to see whether you can talk to the manager and not trying to um, blame the person you're, you're at, but they're often limited to making the decision that they can make. Recently, I had a couple of, of cases where, you know, I I kept saying, I, I really don't think I can commit to this trial for certain reasons. And they wanted me as a backup side, they wanted me to, to sign the contract and at least get, you know, some starter fee. And every time I kept saying, I don't feel comfortable because I'm pretty sure I cannot deliver what you want me to deliver. And then they called me back to say, you're so honest. Most sites would have signed a contract just to get a startup fee and that would have canceled. But the fact that you've been so honest to us um, makes it that you're a very reliable partner for us to go to for our next trials. So I think for the long run, that was the best decision I could make. Right, exactly. That point of focusing on the long term and understanding what the uh, what's good for you as a site overall and not focusing on just a trial by trial basis or 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 an if or a what is the important point there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I think the bottom line is communicate. Just be honest. Tell, tell them where you are, what your concerns are with the retention fee. And if they can explain what it is, I'm pretty sure you can come to some kind of an agreement that works for both parties. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Vivian, I think that's an excellent spot to end on a really great statement or sentiment there to uh, to conclude our discussion here today. Um, so I want to thank you for being here with us and talking about this continuously important topic amongst the site community and sharing your uh, wise and experienced perspective on the subject. So thank you. Well, it's my pleasure, Jimmy. Thank you. Absolutely. Everyone listening, make sure you register for our upcoming summits like our Australia-New Zealand summit being held July 12th and 13th in Melbourne, Australia by visiting our summit page. While you're on our website, make sure to check out our other SCRS publications for the community in the public se- publication section of myscrs.org. We appreciate your participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content in the future. Thanks for listening.